We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to talk about an upcoming holiday and why conservatives should be conserving the idea of thanksgiving. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's show. The topic for the day is Thanksgiving. I'm going to share with you a little bit of a history lesson on Thanksgiving, the holiday, how it got started, when it was officially made a national holiday. It may surprise you, or some of you may already know this, but nonetheless, it's a good idea for us to revisit the facts pertaining to Thanksgiving. I'm also going to talk about an article written by a pastor who suggests that Thanksgiving is being ignored right now in our contemporary culture, and that that's a shame. We're missing a special holiday by jumping from Halloween to Christmas and skipping over Thanksgiving. So that, in short, is today's topic. Before we take a break, remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Remember my books, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and the sequel, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Both can be purchased at any online bookstore, uh, wherever you choose to buy your reading material. That is, Not a Daycare, the devastating consequences of abandoning truth, and grow up, life isn't safe, but it's good. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I guess before I jump into the topic of the day, I should uh, say thank you to all of you who are now subscribing members of The Rebellion. I'm very grateful for that. I gave my little plug before the break, I try not to do that in every show because I know it annoys you. Uh, you. If you have the ability and you figured out how to fast forward through that, you probably do. Uh, that's if you're listening on the podcast version. I also want to say I'm thankful for the fact that Brooks Brewer and KOKL Radio host The Rebellion on a daily basis live out of Okmulgee, Oklahoma. So thank you, Brooks Brewer and KOKL Radio, for carrying the rebellion on your radio station. And again, thank you to everybody that follows on radio or podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful and I am humbled. As I told you last month, we're exceeding 50,000 listens per month right now. So in the days ahead, let's double it. If you could do anything to push the rebellion to the next level, it would be this. Push it out there, repost it, make sure that your friends in your social media network know that you enjoy the rebellion. And the best way to do that is give it a rating 
uh, when you go to the podcast version, please give it a five-star rating. And also, post it and copy it and paste it out there in all of your social media, Facebook, Parler, MeWe, Gab, Twitter, whatever you use, all of the above. Let people know that you listen to The Rebellion and encourage them to do the same. Grab a couple of your favorite episodes and send them to your friends. And that way we can double the listenership of The Rebellion in the months ahead. Thank you. So the topic of the day, I'm going to title it Conserving Thanksgiving. Now, why am I saying that? Well, one of the principles that I've talked about over and over again on this show is that conservatism is about conserving things, right? I've said this many times. Conservatives are conservationists. Why do I say that? Well, you should be able to parrot this because I try to drive this point home time and time again in my teaching here on the show. The root word of conservative or conservatism is what? Conserve. So conservatives are conservationists. We believe in conserving things. Yes, we believe in clean air and clean water. I mean, you're stupid if you don't. Obviously, you want your environment to be clean. You want to be able to drink water that isn't poisoned, and you want to breathe air that's fresh and clean and likewise is not going to kill you. So yes, conservatives are conservationists. We may even want to hug a tree or, a, or an owl or a whale once in a while. Who knows? Conservatives believe in managing our environment. We manage our livestock. We manage our land well. And we don't just do it out of prudency because we can make money off of our land or our livestock. We do it out of principle because true conservatives understand that the first charge that God gave mankind after creating us was to do what? To be good stewards of God's creation. In other words, we were to be conservationists. I would argue that good stewardship and conservationism are synonymous. So here's my point. Conservatives conserve what we have been given. Conservatives conserve what is ours, okay? So that's my argument for conservatives being conservationists. We conserve things. Now, you probably know where I'm going next with this. Uh, it's an argument that I have made, again, repeatedly on this show. So here's the argument that I'm going to use as a segue to today's point. In addition to understanding the value of our environment, the value of our fields and streams, for example, conservatives recognize that there's something else just as important in our existence, uh, critical for our existence. We believe in the importance of conserving ideas, and we hold that they should be conserved just as much as other important aspects of our human reality. So yes, we believe in conserving clean air. We believe in conserving clean water. We believe in being good stewards of what God has given us and managing the environment in our world and our earth well. But we, we also believe that there's something else as important, if not more important, to conserve. And that's truth, the importance of ideas, and that we should hold on to them tenaciously, those ideas that should be conserved. 
So certain truths, for example, should simply be left untouched and honored. We should conserve them. Uh, here's Here's an argument, for example, like a good wine, some concepts get better with age. These ideas have stood the test of time. These ideas have been defended by reasoning. These ideas have been confirmed by revelation, by scripture, and they've been validated by our personal experience. Some ideas, some truths have been so um, vigorously vetted and well stated that they should be left unedited and approached with humility and respect. Some things should just be conserved. Some ideas, some truths should just be honored and held on to tenaciously. Conserve them. Don't change them. So conservatives are those people that conserve the truth, the time-tested truths of God. Sidebar, you probably just recognized that I used one of the uh, one of the principles of evaluating truth. I just went through the quadrilateral as I explained that to you. Defended by reason, tested by time, confirmed by revelation, and validated by experience. If your ideas pass that test of the quad, the four things, reason, revelation, experience, and the test of time, i.e. history, tradition, then it's a good idea. Grandma and grandpa probably knew something. Those ideas have been around for a while because they work. They're real. They're true. They're not just opinions. They're not just the product of popularity, what's in vogue or what's fashionable. Truth is different than that. And truth can be pursued through the quadrilateral. So back to Thanksgiving. Here's something I'd like you to think about as you prepare to celebrate this upcoming Thursday. I assume you're going to be with family and friends. And I would argue that we have one of those ideas before us this coming Thursday, one of those ideas that should be conserved. Now, I want you to consider that argument, that premise, if you will, as I read to you the following words. This is a quote from one of our presidents. I'm not going to tell you who said it until after I've read the quote. Some of you may recognize it. Others won't. But listen to these words very carefully. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with many blessings. Blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of strife, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggressions, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. Needful divisions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defenses have not yet substantially arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. 
the axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in his anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have become widows and orphans and mourners and sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are now unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with his divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace and harmony and tranquility and union. Close quote. Okay, class, do you know who said that? Yep, you're right. Abraham Lincoln. October 3rd, 1863. Now, just stew on those words a minute and think about it in the context of the argument that some ideas, some ideas stand alone, strong and secure, immutable, enduring. Some ideas are just true. Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens, offering up the ascriptions justly due him for his singular deliverances and blessings? How about this? Humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. And here's another idea. Fervently imploring the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation. One more time on those ideas. Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens, offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for his singular deliverances and blessings. Humble penitence for our national perverseness and our disobedience. Fervently imploring the Almighty Hand excuse me, to heal the wounds of our nation. You know, some ideas need no rebuttal. 
Some ideas don't need any debate. Some ideas just need to be conserved. And that's what conservatives do. So to that, I just say, happy Thanksgiving. You know, in, in 1863, it's 1863 that this, this day in November, this Thursday in November was established as a national holiday. Oh, some states practiced a day of Thanksgiving prior to that. And the day of giving God thanks for what he had done was celebrated at different times in different ways and different days and different states of the Union prior to 1863. I mean, you know the history lesson that the pilgrims got together, and that is true. You know, that some people will tell you that it's a fable, that it never really happened that way. Well, that's just not true. The pilgrims did get together, and they were thankful. I mean, you can read the transcripts. They were thankful for the fact that they had been blessed by God's providence to sail across the Atlantic Ocean, to flee the persecution, the religious persecution, that they were facing in Great Britain. Um, they, they put their lives at risk, and about half of them died before the year was out because of the risk they took. In God's providence, he actually gave them a Native American, Squanto, who had been a slave in France and Spain and learned those languages as well as escaping into England and learning the English language and then returned to America via a trade ship ahead of the pilgrim, Squanto actually came into the mix, into this providential story, and helped the pilgrims survive. He taught them the planting techniques in North America. He, he, he taught them how to get sap out of maple trees, for example. So Squanto's intervention into the, into the story of the settlement of America is a very positive story, and it's a story of God's providence. You know, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving argues uh, Pastor Flip Benham. This is his statement. Thanksgiving, more than any other American holiday, points us directly to Christ and his providential hand in our national history. It points to the fact that this was a nation founded by Christians. It points to the fact that our governmental system was built upon biblical principles. It points to the fact that the inalienable rights of men, such as life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, were given by God and not by governments. It points to the fact that individual liberty to know God and worship him freely must be the bedrock of good government. No other form of government, says Pastor Benham, no other form of government has allowed common men individual liberty to pursue and complete the work God gave them to do. Thanksgiving, says the Reverend, points to the fact that Jesus is king and that Henry VIII was not, that Jesus is king and the American Congress is not, and Joe Biden is not, and Nancy Pelosi is not our king, and not even Donald Trump is the king of America. Thanksgiving points to the fact, says the Reverend, that the spirit of Jesus Christ is king, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what St. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 3.17. So here's my question as we get ready to close out today's show. Does it make you uncomfortable at all that today we seem to skip directly from Halloween to Christmas? I mean, no sooner 
had our kids brought the candy home from their trick-or-treating? Did you see the Christmas decorations going up the next day? Now, obviously, as a Christian, I believe in honoring Christmas, big time. I don't believe in this silliness of saying, season's greetings or happy holidays. No, it's Merry Christmas. And as I've said in previous broadcasts, why? Because the word itself betrays the fact that it's Christ's Mass. It's Christ's holiday. It's Jesus's holiday. It's not Buddha's. It's not Hare Krishna's. It's not a Baha'i holiday or a Hindu holiday or a Muslim holiday. This is a Christian holiday. It's Christ's Mass. It's not Muhammad's Mass, for example. That's just a historical fact. Look at the etymology of the word. So I'm obviously very much in favor of celebrating Christmas, but we're skipping over the top of Thanksgiving to get there. We go directly from Halloween, which arguably is one of the most pagan holidays in the American national calendar, and we skip from that to putting up Christmas decorations in our public streets and in our public square and even in our front yards and in our homes. Why? Why are we doing that? Well, the good reverend that I just quoted, Reverend, uh, what was it? Flip Benham, Reverend Flip Benham, B-E-N-H-A-M. I posted this on my Facebook if you want to go read this particular thing. He says this, the devil hates Thanksgiving. And this is why he's busying himself revising American history in our schools and in our textbooks and in our public square. He's terrified, the devil, that we might remember the manifold work of Christ in establishing America. The devil has pulled out all the stops to steal Thanksgiving from the American memory. In the same way he killed those who translated the Bible into English, which led the pilgrims to flee Great Britain in the first place. I mean, King Henry VIII ordered William Tyndale and all of his books to be burned at the stake in 1536. Why do you think the pilgrims were trying to get to a new land? It was because they were fleeing the persecution of those who didn't believe and giving them the freedom to live their lives as they believed the Bible was dictating for them. Reverend Benham makes this argument in close. The devil knows very well what will happen to him when we remember, when we remember, I'm going to paraphrase that and say this, when we conserve who we are and why we are here, The devil knows that when our hearts are set aflame by the purposes of God, we will crush his hoary head with the gospel of peace. Yes, he may bruise our heel, but we will crush his head. Thanksgiving, that day of remembrance, that great day of celebration, it points to God and his manifold workings on man's behalf. And it reminds us that we are beholden to him and to no other. It reminds us that he is the sovereign and that we are not. It reminds us that apart from him, apart from his blessings, we can do nothing. This is from Reverend Flip Benham, and I agree wholeheartedly. We're skipping over Thanksgiving. We're canceling Thanksgiving rather than conserving it. And I want to repeat what I said, oh, about halfway through the show. I'll repeat by reading the words of Abraham Lincoln one more time, that he established in 1863 a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens, offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for his singular deliverances and blessings. 
humble penitence on our behalf for our national perverseness and our disobedience, fervently imploring the almighty hand of God to heal the wounds of our nation. These are the words of Abraham Lincoln when he officially established Thanksgiving as a national holiday in 1863 in the midst of great turmoil that was ripping our nation in half, in the midst of the Civil War, of the North against the South, of us against them. Abraham Lincoln said, it's time for us to kneel before God and thank him for his blessings, but also ask for forgiveness for our national perverseness and our disobedience. And we need to implore God to heal the wounds of our nation. These are the words of Abraham Lincoln. And as I said, it's our job as conservatives to conserve these words and to conserve these ideas, to defend these truths, because some ideas need no rebuttal. Some ideas need no debate. Some ideas just need to be conserved. They need to be remembered. They need to be celebrated. We shouldn't skip over them. We shouldn't just move from trick-or-treat to happy holidays or season's greetings. No, we should conserve the idea of thanksgiving and praise as we prepare to then celebrate Christmas, Christ's Mass, the time that Christ came to earth and gave us liberty because you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. These are the truths that we should be conserving as we celebrate this Thursday with family and friends. So folks, I close today's show by just saying this. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And when you get together, offer up some ascriptions justly do him for his singular deliverances and blessings on you and your family. Uh, maybe take a spoonful of humility and ask for forgiveness for what you've done in your own life as well as our national sins and our national disobedience of ignoring him. And then fervently implore that God, who is sovereign and your king, not government, but God, heal the wounds of our nation. Some ideas just don't need any debate, do they? They just need to be conserved. Happy Thanksgiving. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Herbert Piper, and this is The Rebellion.